You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. This is normally where a first bite would be. There is no first bite. We are, uh, yep, <laughs> we are here to talk about things not named first bite. There is no preview this week because the Lions ain't playing nobody. Lions ain't playing nobody. That's a problem. That's a real problem. You got to take your break sometime. The Lions, it comes early. We're going to do a quarterly review instead. The quarter is over. Everyone's getting report cards. Everyone is being graded. And uh, for those of you on a semester system, don't. Uh, I don't have much to say. You know, you're on a semester. We'll see you back here in a little bit. Trimester? Don't even talk with me. Uh, I am Chris Perfett at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T on Twitter. And let's bring in the crew. Jeremy Reisman, your fearless leader at Detroit on Lion. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Chris. Are we ready for this uh, this quarterly review? We're going to view profits and margins and things, other business terms that I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty terrible with business, too. Uh, joining us here as well is John Whitaker at Whitaker on Twitter, W-H-I-T-I-C-A-R. Correct. And you'll excuse me for a little second because I have some... Uh, gas going on. Hello, John. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to know. John, hello. Hello, hi. Oh, okay. There we can hear me. <laughs> I heard him. Yes, we can hear you. Just all right. He can't hear you over the sound of his own gas. Apparently. <laughs> God, stop. Well, all right. Still less of a stinker than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> mm. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. We're, we're going to start in right away. As I said here, this is kind of our quarterly review here. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the offense, the defense, uh, reset a little bit. We're going to give you some grades. We're going to give you some standout players. We're going to give you some numbers, kind of get down into it, let you know the state of this little machine before we put it right back out on the road here uh, two Sundays from now. So... Where will we start? Let's start with just overall thoughts, Jeremy. Where are we on this Lions team so far? It's been four games here with a 2-1-1 one, and one record. Uh, most people would say after kind of the negative, the negative outlook we were giving that this is a vast improvement and a very uh, pleasant surprise. I'm not sure where I sit on this right now, but I'll let you get the first word before I crack you on... Uh, my own thoughts right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the team is generally about where I expected. You know, I, I gave them a, a ten and six record prediction. I don't think the the way that they got to two one and one is exactly how I was expecting the first four games to go. I think at best I had them going two and two, so this is obviously a little bit better than that. But I thought two and two was definitely a realistic effort. Um, I don't. I'm not one that likes to go year by year. Or, game by game and say, you know, they're going to win this game, they're going to lose this game because you just don't know. I figured between the Eagles of the Chargers and and the Chiefs, they had a shot at at least one of those games and I think we all kind of thought that 
opening week was going to be uh, an, an easier win than it than it turned out to be. But uh, overall, I, I think there are some some things I'm very happy about. Some things I'm definitely a little bit concerned about as well. But overall, I have to be pretty positive with with a two one in one start. Uh, for myself, I look at this team and I think I think I'm going to come back a little later on this, but. Uh, I, I kind of worry a bit, not to be the negative guy here, but I do have to bring this up. The Lions are uh, better than what I thought it was going to be. I said seven and nine in the, in the off season. They could still hit seven and nine, to be honest. Well, no, they can't technically. Uh, will they? you stop? <laughs> will you stop? However, I believe that from the looks of things, they are on pace because my working theory of Lions is that this is a team that game plans for anyone. And they've shown that it, it it's worked with mixed results in the past. So far this season, it has worked fairly well. Not amazingly well, but fairly well. And as long as they don't drop some games against bad teams down here in the, stre- in the rest of the season, they can be in this conversation for the NFC North. Now, I think the NFC North is going to be a lot tighter a lot more dicey than it has been in years past. And that's bad news for the lions, especially when it comes to looking at the bears and looking at the lot and looking at the Packers. On the other hand, I am worried about some of these losses and the loss in the tie we've seen here so far. Uh, I got kind of got killed for this on Twitter <laughs> by saying that there's no such thing as a moral victory. And I've said that in a few other places since and I really stand by it. Uh, to quote the late, great Dennis Green, the Chiefs were who the Lions thought they were, and they let them off the hook. It was a close loss. There was a lot of positives to take away from it. But at the end of the day, when we're talking about this division, especially when it comes to December, there's only going to be wins and losses and a tie <laughs> on the menu at the end of the year. That's all that it's going to be looked at when it comes to, hey, are you going to get into the playoffs? That's it. That's it. So everything else is just filler. It, it's great filler. It's great to talk about right now, especially as looking at our grades. The Chiefs and loss matters there. But for me, that L, that's what's on your record at the end of the day. So I think this Lions team's better. They've got potential. But right now their record is 2-1-1. One, and one. Uh, John, thoughts so far on this team? Uh, truth be told, I'm much happier with their performance than I expected. Um, going into the season, I think I had them starting at 1-3, I think, because at least for me, the early part of the schedule was what was going to make or break the season. Because in my mind, they had a really tough schedule going up. Like the Eagles, Chiefs, and Chargers is on paper, especially at the start of the season when injuries aren't taken into account. That's Those can be some tough matchups, right? I think the Lions did get pretty lucky because I think the Chargers and Eagles games were definitely aided by a lot of injuries on those teams. But at the same time, you know, I'll take it. It's a win. And the good news is that by the time the other NFC North teams go around to face them, they're probably going to be healthier. So it could be a tougher matchup. So like getting wins over teams like that early is a really big uh, leg up. That's why I was kind of really disappointed about the Chiefs loss because that's a huge win if you can pull that off. And the Lions came this close to doing it. So in the end, it's still going to be an, uh, an L on the stat sheet, but I'm overall uh, quite happy with the performance of the team. And something you also have to kind of keep in mind is that Every other team in this division still has to play the Chiefs. That's that's something yep. that yep. that just kind of you have to keep in the back of your mind. You know, maybe one of those teams pulls off the upset, maybe they don't. But um, 
they all still have that on their schedule and you can make an argument pretty easily to say that the the hardest game on the line schedule is now in the in the rear view and and they made themselves mm-hmm. a case for for winning that game well we'll, we'll see thing, I, oh, go ahead. yeah go on oh okay so the other thing is that um like right now teams that like the bears for example they're three and one but like a few of their games that they've won have been games they should like they beat the broncos and they beat the redskins those are two teams that aren't very good and when it comes time for the lions to face them i like to think they'd have you know a leg up um so we'll see how that goes wait do we play the redskins i forget Honestly, I feel like I feel like the most critical game, though, Jeremy, is still to come on this. I mean, the Chiefs is the great equalizer for the NFC North, but playing in Lambeau is probably going to be the great test. You're coming off of a bye, mm-hmm. and I think that is going to be the most important uh, game the Lions still have here. Uh, Chiefs was really important, but I think that if you want to get the division win and show that you're for serious rather than just crumpling under Aaron Rodgers, it has to be that game. Uh, I don't think anything else is like I'm downgrading the, the Cowboys a little bit after seeing what happened with them and the Saints. But I mean, that Packers game, that's with a bullet. It, it's yeah. so big right now. It looms so big for, for to be the front horse in this division. Uh, no, no question. I, I think I mentioned on the podcast on, on Sunday, we don't have any data points for this team relative to the division. Every other team in the division mm-hmm. has played two divisional games. The lines have played zero. So, yeah. The, the more important games are 100% in front of you. And, you know, if you want to take the Lions mantra, the next the most important game is the next one. But, uh, yeah, coming out of the bye in Green Bay, that's a huge game. And all of the optimism that the Lions fans have right now, which is insane, they're 91% of fans are, are confident in the direction of this team right now, it can all be erased in one week if they lay a stinker in Lambeau. There's, there's no question about it. But if they win that game, I mean, that's that's huge. We don't know what the Packers are obviously going to do this week, but that could be a, a, a game for first place in the NFC North. And does being in first place of the NFC North in week six really mean anything? Of course not. But taking down the top team in their field on a national or on a nationally televised game, that would be huge. And so, yeah, that, that game is absolutely huge. And it's going to really be our first kind of data point in terms of where this team stands in terms of the division, because I don't like to play the, well, you know, the Packers lost to the Eagles and the Eagles and the Lions beat the Eagles. So therefore the Lions are better than Packers. That's not how the NFL works. So. Yeah. That's not transit. It's transitive wins. Let's leave that to uh, the college football Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, just football outsider odds to make the playoffs. This is just loggerheads, right? This is just showing you what the loggerheads are right now in the NFC North, both Detroit and Chicago has 44.4% chance to make the playoffs. That's up 12% for the Bears, down 6% for the Lions, 45.9% for Green Bay, down 16.4% after their loss to the Eagles. So it's everyone's in here tight. Minnesota seems to be the odd man out at 23.1%. Their two losses kind of hang tough over them right now, especially as we uh, look forward. What was that? I said both division losses too. So that's both a, division losses too. Those are going to weigh heavier than anything else. Yep. But we should probably move into the center of this thing, which is the, our report card. All right. And here is where we're going to start our report card. This is. Uh, uh, we're going to start on offense and then hit up defense at the end. We're going to give grades for the entire team with some teacher notes. As we said, this is just like high school folks. So we're going to start here, but these are elements to the report cards. We'll go down here. 
Now the offense is, has for a very long time. It's still to this day in my belief, still the identity, the focus of this lions team. I know they want to be a defensive team and everything else. Yada, 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 shut up. Guess what? They still have Stafford. They still got to make plays with their, with their, uh, with their arms on the, on the feet. They have to establish the run game, whatever. Offensive ranked 14th overall by DVOA. And I believe that is at a 0.7% pass fourth in the league, 35.5%, just in case you thought that we're going to move away from Stafford at all. No, 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 no. And rush minus 22.2%. Good for 27th in a 32 team league. Jeremy. Well, I mean, it, it just goes to show you how kind of all of this narrative in the offseason was a bit overhyped about this. We're becoming the, the Lions are becoming a run team and run first, run first. This team is going to put up 200 yards rushing and 150 yards passing each week. Uh, nope, not at all. And and not not to say they aren't trying to establish their run. They, they are running the ball quite a bit. And even I think one of the higher possessions in, in neutral situations, meaning close games, um, not behind the sticks, that sort of thing. Uh, but I mean, we're we're witnessing a Matthew Stafford revolution right now. We it, it's and we have to be careful because we were saying all of this when Jim Bob Cooter was first the offensive coordinator too. He fixed Stafford. This now we're gonna have you know MVP level Stafford for forever, and that wore off. But right now it's it's the best stretch in his career. He's never had a higher passer rating in his first four games than he has right now, which is 102.6. The deep ball is back. They're finally going downfield again, and it's working. I mean, fourth in pass DVOA, as you mentioned, this this is a top five pass offense right now, and it's exciting to watch. It, it, it's nice to see Matthew Stafford uncork some throws again. To see him needle that ball between four defenders last week against the Chiefs, that's vintage Stafford. That's what Lions fans were dying. That's We were shaking Jim Bob Cooter on the shoulder saying, where is this? Why aren't we doing this more? And and we're finally getting it, and the offense is finally moving the ball again. Stafford, this has been his best four-game start for his career, as you mentioned, Jeremy. Uh, did you mention that passer rating? Give it to me yep. one more time. 102.6. Nice. I like it. So I guess that goes into the question of, and John, uh, chime in here too. Like, what has changed from last year, both good or bad? Like, what, what's what's the first thing you look at this Lions team? How is it different in your mind immediately from 2018? The biggest thing is that they're not cowards anymore. I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to say, it, but last year was one of the most boring years of football that I've watched because so much of the play call revolved around passes near the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You have Stafford who. As you saw during the Kansas City game, he makes some incredible throws in the tightest of windows. Like when Patrick Mahomes make those ESPN, they talk about it for weeks. And like Stafford just made like at least four or five of them in the game. And like it's it's incredible what he can do, especially when you make him throw it downfield. I mean, the biggest problem with the Lions is they don't really have a deep threat. But at the same time, guys like Marvin Jones and King Galladay, they can wing jump balls. And as I said with Stafford, he can fit it in the tiniest of windows. Like, sure, he's going to make some mistakes. Like, he had a few uh, arm punts. Um, what was it? I think it was against the Chargers. He had a really long one. Yeah, but, um, Chargers. was it Eagles? I can't remember. Anyway, but, like, you're going to have, you're going to run into mistakes like that. Obviously, it's the risk that you take when you throw it deep. But, like, just last year, like, the short passes to whoever our slot receivers were after we traded Golden Tate, the little dump passes to running backs, it's like, it's safe and it's boring. 
And eventually, you know, if teams crowd the line of scrimmage like they did last year, it didn't work. And now, you know, they're opening it up downfield. And, you know, they're still working stuff like uh, short passes. And like a guy like J.D. McKissick, he's doing pretty well. Jeremy, your thoughts, what's changed for good or for ill from last year? Well, I think one thing that we have to mention is the use of tight ends. Like, that's one narrative that I don't think was necessarily. Now they actually have a tight end. They actually have a few of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually took down stats. Right now they have the three of their tight ends, Jesse James, Hawkinson, and uh, former quarterback guy, why can't I think of his name, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas. Thank you. Uh, They combined for 21 catches for 259 yards and two touchdowns so far. Last year for the entire season, 45 catches for 461 yards and four touchdowns. So basically they're already halfway to the production that all of the tight ends had last year. With One of those came on a fake field goal. <laughs> One of those did come on a fake field. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, the usage of tight ends in the passing game. And also, I mean, we're talking about them using two tight end sets a lot. And this is where we probably should transition to the running game. We've, we've been promoting how good the passing game is. The running game has not been good. Carrion Johnson has been facing a lot of eight-man boxes, but a lot of that is because they're putting a lot of tight ends in, and while the tight ends are, are definitely a good force in the passing game, I think they've been a bit of a detriment in the running game. I think Hawkinson, obviously blocking in the NFL is a, is a tough thing for a rookie to do. I think there's been a bit of a rough transition there. He has a couple good highlights out there, but he has a lot of bad ones out there too. Same goes for Jesse James. I don't think he's been a very good blocker thus far, and I think a lot of that can can kind of account for why the running game is struggling so much right now. All right. Three players you want to say that are standing out right now. Um, written down here, I have Stafford, Carrion Johnson, and TJ Hawkinson. Probably the three most obvious answers we can really do here right now. Let's just go through them real quick, Jeremy. Stafford is Stafford. Uh, I think the injury suddenly coming out of nowhere is a little scary. You probably have to hope that he gets better during the bye week that he kind of, you know, eases up. He has more games where the offensive line is keeping him upright and he's avoiding sacks because, I mean, like everything in the NFL, lives or dies with the health of your quarterback. But in the case of Stafford, like, we've seen him play through some hurt before, and usually when he does, he starts to make some mistakes. So I just want to make sure that he stays healthy there and he just has to stay mentally confident when it comes to these. He's, he's got to be confident where he's putting these balls and throwing it downfield. And as you said, uh, going through the whole array of his weapons. Yeah, I, I think one important thing to, to say, though, here is there was a lot of questions about Stafford going into the season. You had plenty of, of questions. You know, there, there's his mental health with everything that went through with Kelly. There's a new offense to learn. There's, I didn't think much of that, but that was me. But yeah. Right. But I, mean, I know the, some other people pointed it out. There's yeah. his back injury. Like all of these things were really big questions about him. And and let's be honest, Chris, you you, you kept saying in the offseason, like, what is Matthew Stafford going to do? What is he going to do? How is he going to look with the new offensive well, coordinator? Just like statistical regression decline at this point. Right. The, the um, I think that the big hinge was going to be, are we going to see more of 2016 Stafford yeah. again? Yes. No. Right. So. And I mean, I, I feel like he's basically answered every single possible criticism mm-hmm. of so far. Obviously the hip injury is something to be concerned about in the long run. Um, especially if it's a lingering thing, something that just randomly flares up here and there. But if he plays like he did on Sunday with a hip injury, yeah. holy crap, I'll take that. You know, I hope he's injured if, if that's how he plays on a hip injury. 
Uh, carry on. I think we've dug through him enough, really. Like he needs to be a three down back. He needs to do a lot in here. Um, he's, he's proven when the offense involves him, he can be pretty good. I don't think this is an Abdullah situation at all. He's not going to just suddenly fall off a cliff. I think you've got someone dependable there. The, the one thing and I want to say really quick about yeah. carry on is I find it very interesting that his longest run of the season is only 14 yards because that was the one yeah. thing that he brought last year is like, Finally, we have a guy who can break out 20-yard runs every now and then. 14 is as long as in through four games. That's a big disappointment. Well, I think I think some of that is just getting the run game set up for him right now. It's just really not like he's not getting a lot of support from the offensive line in that regard. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think I just need to see more than like a flare-ups here and there. But again, this is a rookie guy. You're not going to have consistency out of the gate. Uh and as and the Lions are asking him to do a lot out of the gate Is to both Matthew block Stafford. for the pass and block for the run. So we'll see. Uh, real quick, what is the most important thing moving forward? This wraps up our offensive side of the ball. Let's. What is the note each of you have? One note, John. What is your note? What's the most important thing from the offense moving forward? Got to establish the run game. I mean, we always <laughs> talked about Bevel coming into the season about. You know, he wanted to run it more. And I, I think the offenses looked really good with uh, the aerial attack. That was a big concern of mine. But at the same time, you need to have a, a team that can close it out. And like that's what one thing that cost them against uh, the Cardinals. And like even later in the Eagles and Chargers game, they weren't able to run the ball. And it killed them. They gave up late possessions. And really, those games were closer than they should have been. If they could have run the ball, you know, get those first downs, drain out the clock. All of a sudden, you know, even the Chiefs game, it might be might be a win. Uh, like, I, the thing is, the, the the run game looked really good against the Chiefs, but they have a very weak defense. But regardless, I think, you know, the run blocking has been okay, but I think maybe they just need to kind of work on the scheme of it. I don't really know too much about, you know, scheming offense, but I think, yeah, get Carrion John, Johnson going because he's a talented guy. 2.7 yards per carry in the fourth quarter this year. That is, that's how you lose games. That's how you blow leads. And Jeremy, real quick here, as we're running out of time on this segment, I believe the note you wanted to get to was about Stafford avoiding turnovers, which, I mean, yep, good Stafford, bad Stafford. Sometimes we see it here, man. He can have a brilliant game, and then all of a sudden he will just start making like one or two boneheaded decisions. Yeah, I mean, you live by the sword, die by the sword with Matthew Stafford. Like, like I mentioned before, he's an aggressive quarterback. He trusts his arms, but he'll be the first to tell you sometimes he tries to do too much, and that's what we saw against the Chiefs game. He tried to do too much on that third down play instead of just taking a sack for minimal yards, getting an easy field goal. He tries to make an additional play, fumbles the ball. You have you have to be smarter about that in the red zone, and, and you know, like I said, it's something that you kind of just have to deal with a little bit because – when he makes those plays, when he extends plays and, and does something spectacular and throws a touchdown, that's what we love about Stafford. But sometimes when you try to do that a little too much, it's going to bite back. So um, we, we saw this a little bit towards the end of last year. You know, I think of the Seahawks game, the Bears game, had a bunch of turnovers towards the end of the game that, that lost the team the game. I wouldn't say that's why they lost against the Chiefs, but it certainly played part. And so we need Stafford to avoid that going forward because there are going to be a lot of close games. In, in the final 12 games of this, this season. All right, we'll wrap it up there. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to move on to the defensive side of the ball. Then final grades, teacher's notes, and everything else you want here. On the replacement for First Bite, this is Quarterly Review from the Pride of Detroit, P.O.D. Cast. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, and I see some more stuff in Twitch, so we'll take a little bit of time here. It was a break. Um, What's the score of the game right now? My health again. It is zero zero. It just started. Uh, okay. Man, I want to root a bit against Green Bay just for these awful highlighter jerseys alone. Green oh, Bay. Man, apparently, yeah. there was an early whistle on a fumble. Hmm. Hmm. Must be uh, nice. Let's I need to make here. conspiracy posts about that because I have a lot of things that was wrong with that, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so tired of digging into rabbit holes. Well, I mean, I need to do like, something for my week, so I might do that. No, I know. I mean, uh, if you want to go for it, I'm just saying, like, for myself, whenever someone asks me to talk about that, I'm just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough of this from the Lions. Like, people just want to make this into a big thing, turns it into Detroit versus everybody, and just spirals out of control. And so that I just, I just don't like talking about referees. And I think I said as much during our chat session on Sunday that I feel that, you know, you get what you pay for in these refs. And you, and when you set them up to lose sometimes too, it's just, it's whatever, man. And I, all I know is it could be a lot worse. <laughs> you you want to really stiff these refs again. You want to go back to what we have. What was that? 2012, Jeremy, when the replacement refs were, no, no, it was 2012, 2013 when we had the replacement refs. Um, I oh, I think so. Oh, the year's man, not important. So bad. But yeah, it was well, that was Golden Tate involved in that Green Bay section. Yep. Yeah. So, Tate came in 2014, right? 
No, he would have come in 20... wasn't 14. Let me look. It was 15. I believe. No one cares. It was, it was 2012. It was 2012 when the... Yeah, as Jim Seven says, happened. like, the NBA had full-time refs and they had a guy literally fixing games. Although, I think in that regard, fixing is a little different than incompetence. But I also don't think the NBA paid them as much in that regard. But I don't know. I, I mean... When, 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 when was that fixing scam on the NBA? I'm trying to remember when it was. <laughs> You're very obsessed with dates right now. I know, I know, because I, I never remember, man. The aughts and the and the teens all just kind of crash together, and I kind of hate it. Like, time is flattening, and I hate it. Um, My buddy Harry asked, what kind of extension do you want to see Graham Glasgow get? That's the one thing we didn't talk about mm. is the offensive line too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I had that down as a note to talk about, That's a, too. I mean, we can talk about it when we give grades at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you you oh, can bring mention coaching, then. too. But, oh, well. Uh, I mean that's what that's what the end thing is for is we yeah. talk coaching and everything else near the end. So we we'll just have to remember to talk offensive line. Graham is, I believe, the either the second or the third rated guard in the entire NFL per PFF right now. And and I, I don't know. I, I can't believe they didn't extend him this offseason. I was certain it was going to happen. Maybe there's just like a contract dispute happening because but it's also very confusing that they continue to rotate him with Kenny Wiggins and frustrating. And mm-hmm. I don't know. The coaches said they're just trying to keep to him fresh, but I, I guess I can understand that, especially for Graham who, who played ever, all but one snap in the last two years. But I mean, if you want me to throw out numbers, Harry, I don't, I don't have what a normal guard something, makes, but something else we didn't get to in the offense. Someone was bringing up multiple, multi, multiple multiverses. Uh, saying Marvin Jones Jr. has looked as good as he's ever been with us. I mean, that this just might be a stretch of Marvin. <laughs> I hate to say it like I like the guy, but this was his reputation in, in Cincinnati, too, where it's like, oh, yeah, he'll show up for a few games and then completely vanish the next few. Yeah. And I, so we'll I, see. Well, I mean, even Galladay's had that too. Like he's yeah. alternated bad games. Like his game against Part the Eagles, he was here. he was Part really not good. Scheme here, yeah. The the but. question is, yeah, does it matter if Marvin Jones has a bad game or Kenny Galladay has a bad game because they have a lot of receiving as long options as someone now? Else has I think I think yeah. there's a difference between there's a difference between a bad game and a quiet game, right? Like right. usually, it, it seems like the Lions either have either Marvin or Galladay go off. Never both of them. Yep. So like, if you're a fantasy football guy, you're like, oh, he sucked that week. No, he just didn't he wasn't the main right. guy like what? i don't think galladay is that number one receiver yet i still think this offense is all about spreading the ball around i think we'll see what happens how long hawkinson's out for because i think he's a good kind of safety net but yeah. i think either way marvin jones and king galladay are one a and one b the interesting thing about it though is galladay has 50 percent more targets than than Marvin this year. He's got 36. Marvin's got 24. But Marvin actually has more yards because he's kind of... Because, I don't know, every time he touches the ball, it's like a 40-yard gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. I, I think I think in terms of, like, chemistry and, and comfort level, I think Kenny Galladay is Stafford's go-to guy. Moroz follow, follows up by saying he means a mustache ex- extension. Oh. <laughs> he's got jokes. How long is it? a handlebar? Yeah. No. That's what uh, I thought. Friend of the show. I'm not can, can I actually team. touch upon? Can I, I actually touch upon Glasgow real quick? Yeah. yeah. Real quick. Real quick. So okay. Okay. So um, it's just in the past the Lions they let a guy like Larry Warford walk in free agency, even though he got a pretty big contract. I still think the Lions could have afforded it. 
and really, I it wouldn't surprise me if they do the same thing with Glasgow. Uh, on Glasgow, I, I really hope not because to me, I think the Lions, if anything, they need to con- they, they need to start considering long term plans at tackle. Because, I mean, first of all, we're talking about uh, Decker entering his final year next year of his rookie deal, and then I don't know. I mean, how many years does Rick Wagner have left? Two, three, and he hasn't really he hasn't been playing great. I don't know. I'm I'm not impressed with the play of the tackles. They haven't been horrible, but they haven't been great and uh and and none of them are necessary long term options right now, so all right, why we're not having political right, talking. We send a couple things here, so uh, uh all right. I don't want to ban, but how do you Brilliant. how do you quiet someone <laughs> for a bit? What? How do you put someone in timeout and chat? John, <laughs> who are you looking to do? The guy who's spouting now, you know, oh, he's yeah, just getting we got a someone. <laughs> he's just getting a band. It's fine. Bye, Felicia. Thank you. You just you right click and then yeah, there's always someone, always someone. I think someone was. I didn't even see who you were muting the other d- day, John. I know someone was getting hit when I was having my rants, which I took out of the podcast. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Whatever. All right, I'm ready to get back into it. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, man. Mm. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. Uh, find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, I think we're on Google Podcasts. People can't seem to find us there, but I know there's a feed. I just, when I search for us, it's seems to be having trouble finding it and shout out to the guy who's once again like sawing wood at like 5 30 <laughs> my time here and i can is it going over the mic at all or no nope no okay great fantastic i love doing mic checks while we're on the air and recording Beautiful. it is my favorite thing to do here on the pride of detroit pod cast let's move into defense shall we let's do it this has been the big thing everyone says hey defense is you know Lions want to be, you know, a defensive team now or whatever. I never buy that. I don't think teams are offense or defense by design. I think that when the rubber hits the road, they are what they are. And so we said the DVOA for the offense was what, 14th? 11th ranked for the Lions on defense by DVOA at 6.1%. However, they are 8th overall in the pass defense minus 1.9%. I think it's negative is better. Yep when it comes to uh, defensive DVOA 12th against the rush minus 12.3%. And we've seen like uh, that's a 12th rank rushing defense. And then we've seen some problems against stopping the run, which is curious because they were really good with it last year. Uh, overall scheme notes, any notes for you, Jeremy on stats, what you got for me? Well, I, I, I just have to say, first of all, that the 12th rank DVOA is, is a stat that, baffles me i can't figure it out I've, I've looked through multiple stats and i'm trying to figure it out because by the eyeball test by you know regular statistics statistics this has been a bad run defense and i can't understand why they're they're ranked so high by dvoa metrics the only thing i could find is 12 that isn't really that high in my book but yeah it's top half of the league and they're giving up what 4a to carry or something like that yeah, yeah. That, that's horrible and the, here's the thing once snacks was in town one game last year, they allowed more than four yards per carry and 100 yards in, in a single game. All four games this season, they've done that. 
They've allowed over four yards of carry and over 100 yards rushing. And, I mean, they've been okay in situational runs, like third and short, fourth and short. Um, they're not giving up a lot of first downs on the ground. But it feels like they're giving up a lot on first and second down. And so I don't really understand the DVOA metric there. Um, I mean, I know how they, they calculate it, but I can't find any other stats to, like, show how well they're playing, you know, to be that highly ranked. So uh, it, it's confusing to me. It's definitely one of the bigger concerns I have for this team right now, um, especially when you start talking about some of the other teams in the NFC North. Dalvin Cook um, is, is kind of a scary prospect right now. Uh Green Bay can run the ball here and there, and and certainly Chicago wants to run the ball, whether they can or can't, uh, is is a question. The the one mitigating factor here, though, is that the Lions have played a lot of very pass-heavy offenses that like to spread it out. The Cardinals were obviously an example of that. The Chiefs were obviously an example of that. Even, I would say, the Eagles are a little bit of an example of that. And so when the Lions are spreading out, I mean, the, the Lions game plan in all of those games seem to be stop the pass, put in six defensive backs, three guys on the offensive on the defensive front. And, and that makes them a little bit vulnerable in the run game, but it's still something that I'm concerned about. And, and we just don't have a data point this early when they have a team like the Vikings, yeah. that's going to try to run the ball. Will they be able to stop them? I don't know. The outlook isn't great right now. Uh, however, I believe you had a note here for me, Jeremy, that, by comparison, when looking at the pass defense, uh, second best in completion percentage for the defensive backs at 55.4. They're good at breaking up a lot. And we have some guys slated here to st- talk about when it comes to standout players like Justin Coleman, Darius Slay. Like we've seen it, Quandre Diggs before his injury, too. Like this, this defensive backfield is once again showing its chops. And fourth, I believe, in, pa- in passes broken up. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no question about it. I think that's been the biggest change on defense. Maybe the biggest change for the entire team is that they have so many playmakers there in the secondary. Even Rashawn Melvin is is definitely played above expectation, especially after the rough year he had with the Raiders. The fact that they have 27 pass breakups, like you mentioned, fourth in the league, they were 31st in that stat last year. So they've made a huge improvement there, and it shows. I mean, eighth in, in pass defense, DVOA, um, it's been the saving grace against some really good quarterbacks early in the season. So what, what's really changed in your mind, John, from this team from last year, would you say? Like besides, I mean, most of all, I think the big thing is that it is that identity. It used to be like the Lions weren't knew they weren't good at rushing the quarterback and they still tried it, but they had some good defensive backs, but nothing I think to this, to this measure. And I think that having those defensive backs working to that tandem is makes a big difference. I 100% agree with you. The defensive backs uh, have been a huge uh, boost to this defense. We'll talk about them a little bit later when we talk about the players in detail. But um, yeah, it's been of uh, some incredible free agent signings because last year we had the likes of T. Staber and Mike Ford taking up the mantle. And, you know, that's not exactly what you want. <laughs> so some of the free agent signings have done a really good job. I think the other thing is that this defense is really good at bending but not breaking. In terms of, if you look at actually defensive uh, stats, um, the Lions are averaging like over 400 yards on defense. Like that's not good, but at the same time, they're shutting them down. It's like once the field gets short and all of a sudden they're just becoming playmakers. All right. Well, let's get into players that have stood out. I think as John was alluding to, we wanted to touch on Justin Coleman. 
Let's He's do been, it. Justin Coleman, man. We just saw it. Yes. I mean, I, I think he may actually have to check on this. I believe he leads the league in passes defended. He does with six. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one thing, and, and he had, you know, also the incredible punch out last week in, in Kansas, or against Kansas City. Um, the one thing that I think we'd like to see a little bit more of is intercepting the ball. Um, Lions only have two on the year. He doesn't have any. He came so damn close to winning the football game against the Chiefs. But, uh, I mean, considering where we were with Justin Coleman in training camp and based on what I was seeing in training camp, you know, Danny Amendola beating him on a daily basis. Um, when the Patriots came to town, it seemed like all of their receivers are beating them on a daily basis. Um, it's been a complete turnaround. He, he's, I think, the number three rated cornerback by PFF right now. So uh, he, he's been a revelation. And it, it, it feels good that, that Bob Quinn seems to know what he's doing now because he just handed him a huge contract and it's already paying off. Obviously, it, it's early in his contract, but to see that sort of remarkable improvement just from training camp to now, um, very, very promising for him. PFF brought up another grade that I feel like we should get into because Jared Davis, buddy, uh, PFF's not liking what you're doing here. Or John, John, go ahead. I, I can hop in. Yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty. He is literally the worst linebacker per PFF. And his play on the field hasn't looked much better. I, I hate to say it. I love the guy, but it's not, not looking good. Yeah, it's been up and down. I think, Jeremy, we're kind of reaching that point that we kind of know what Jared Davis is at this point. And uh, it's, once again, not making that draft year look that good for the Lions. Yeah, he's he's an interesting dude. Um, coaches still defend him to the T. They say, you know, mentally he's a, he's a big help. You know, he's obviously the quarterback of the defense. He's calling plays and things like that. And He's so devoted and, and hardworking, and obviously the guy is just doing everything he possibly can to, to improve in this league. We just haven't seen it. And you can make excuses. You know, it's still only his second year in the defense, and he's coming off an ankle injury. But at some point, we, we can't keep making excuses, and he's not a great guy in coverage. We haven't really seen them unleash him as a pass rusher as much as we saw towards the end of last year, which is I think is something that people are looking forward to this year. Maybe, again, that has to do with the ankle injury. Obviously, you're not quite as explosive coming off a high ankle sprain. Um, but, I mean, it, it's hard to look at this defense right now and, and really any of the guys at linebacker be that impressed with their play. I know a lot of people are probably itching for Jelani Tavai right now because he had a forced fumble and he had a sack. But the plays in between there weren't all that great either. Um, uh, I, I, I just don't know what to think of Jared Davis because I've never seen – coaches so unequivocally defend a guy who's not playing well so there, there there's something that's either untapped there that we're not seeing or they're just being nice to the guy but we need more from jared davis if 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 he's going to be part of this team beyond his rookie contract or even beyond this year all right and then let's wrap this up here we're already over the 10 minute mark we want to kind of get into closing thoughts and grades and all sorts of general thoughts about overall about this team so What's the most important thing for each of you moving forward when it comes to the Lions defense? For me, I'll say uh, we need uh, the old uh, Damon Harrison back. Uh, Snacks, he really hasn't been himself this year. And I think looking back at what made the Lions successful last year is that they were absolutely unstoppable when it came to stopping the run. And that was really what kept them alive in the later parts of the season, even if the Lions weren't you know, that competitive. But all of a sudden, he, he really hasn't been that good this year. It's 
it's really uh, shocking, to be honest, because I don't think age has crept up on him that quickly. I think probably maybe not having a guy like uh, Deshaun Hand is probably, you know, affecting. But at the same time, he just, he's been getting bulldozed on plays, and that's a big concern for me. Yeah, and you, you mentioned it, like, is this an age thing? I don't. It doesn't seem like it because he's been one of the most consistently good players throughout his entire career, and to just see it fall off a cliff so far is is shocking and weird. And maybe it has to do with him not not playing much in training camp, and maybe it takes a a couple weeks for him to get his footing. But it's never been the case. I mean, Snacks has missed off season stuff before in his career, and so it's just kind of curious um, what's going on with him. And and hopefully it's I I never. I personally never buy into the like he got paid so he's coasting now type of thing and I don't I, I don't think that's what's going on. But you have to wonder maybe if it is an age thing, maybe maybe it's a comfort level thing, maybe it's an off season training thing. I don't know, but uh, I, I agree with you. That's that's a big concern going forward. I think for me in general, I just need to see we we've not talked at all about the the defensive line. Mm-hmm. I need to see more pass rush really. Like it's it gets too con- it gets contained too well and it gets kind of put in its own place. The defensive backs are where strength is, but I'd like to see some more pressure on the quarterback. And uh, at the same time, the defensive line also probably needs to step up what you're talking about with snacks too, just stopping more of the runs sometimes, uh, just getting ready and, and, and getting ready to stop when you're, you're going to, you're going to get some more lessons on rushing quarterbacks when we have to do Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I remember one of that last plays, Jeremy, in the Chiefs game, you know, two linebackers had their backs to Jared Davis as he's, I mean, not Jared Davis, excuse me, to Patrick Mahomes as he started to run for that first scramble that for that first down. Like, you should know that's going to be a threat. It's going to be there. Lions have seen enough of rushing quarterbacks. You should be ready for that threat at any point. Yeah, and I mean the the fourth down play you're you're referring to. There was there was some sort of breakdown there because Christian Jones ran away from his assignment, whether it was mm-hmm. on Travis Kelsey or as a spy. A defensive coordinator said it wasn't a spy situation, but um, yeah, I, th- I think the awareness of that second level is is an issue with with basically every guy on the roster at linebacker, like I mentioned before, but. Um, I'm I'm also I'm kind of with you on pass rush. I I honestly think the the game plan for this team in the first four games, a lot of these first four games has been containment over over that and and mm-hmm. dropping eight guys into coverage and, and only rushing three. Um, we we saw the stat this week that the Lions rush three more than any other team, double more than the next closest team. Um, so they haven't devoted a lot of resources to blitzing. They they never do. And that's kind of a staple of a Matt Patricia defense is, is not sending a lot of guys for pressure and hoping that they win, but also making sure your your speedy quarterbacks like your Aaron Rodgers, like your uh, basically everyone the Lions have faced except for Phillip Rivers stays in the pocket and doesn't escape. Um, but but at the same time, you, you need sacks. You need the ability yep. to turn the ball over and, and force negative plays. All right, let's move on to some closing thoughts, get the four full grades out here. So why don't we just give a quick letter grade and like a minute explaining the letter grade for these for these teams overall. If you guys want to do specific grades for offense versus defense or for the team overall, hit me. Give me, give me what you want. Uh, Jeremy, what's your grade? What's your uh, report card look I'll, like? I'll go offense, defense, and overall. Um, offense, I'm giving a, a solid B+. 
Um, the lack of a run game is concerning, uh, but they've been weathering the storm without it. The pass offense is exciting and fun again. This team is fun to watch again. Stafford is playing some of the best football we've seen him play. And receivers are getting open. Thank the Lord receivers are getting open again. Um, so the Lions have been able to move the ball. They kept up with the Chiefs. Offense, B+, plus, borderline A-. minus. Defense, I'm going to go a little bit lower. Um, B, I'll just I'll just say B. Um while the pass defense has been outstanding, the secondary is, is really the only part of the defense that's clicking right now. The lack of a pass rush, the lack of run defense is, is going to catch up with them as, against some better run offenses in the league, um, and, and they need to create more turnovers. So just a B on defense, but obviously uh, it's still a pretty good performance. So overall, you're left with, I'm going to throw B-plus out there. Uh, I think this team is competitive. I think this team can put their conversation amongst the best in the NFC North amongst the top five teams in the NFC, maybe amongst the top 10 in the entire NFL. Uh, I like the way this, this team is looking right now. I like how consistent they're playing. They're being competitive on a weekly basis. So um, yeah, this is a B plus team with, with a, a potential to be an A team if they continue it throughout the next three months. What's your grade, John? I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. I'm going to give them an A minus and I'll explain why. So in terms of uh, grades on offense and defense, I'm basically in the same boat as you. I think I'll give the offense a B plus, the defense a B minus, just because the offense, obviously, run game is still a big concern. The defense, the bend, don't break is good to see, but at the same time, is it going to break eventually? I don't know. But the other thing is the special teams was a huge unit that disappointed early in the season. Uh, Jamal Agnew was especially a guy who really struggled. He didn't look like he deserved a spot on this team. And then over the past two weeks, that team has had a miraculous turnaround. And all of a sudden, they look like an incredible unit. So I think right now, uh, I mean, obviously, it's just a smaller uh, smaller uh, number of games that they've actually like turned it around. But I'm still ha- quite happy with that unit. And the other thing, uh, also I'll mention goalposts and the field goal curse is still working. So that's a, that's a good A-plus for me. Dogs in the but show, um, the, the other reason why I want to say that uh, right now the team's at an A-minus is that they've won games that I honestly didn't think they were going to win coming into the season. And all of a sudden, you know, they have some easier games coming up. And I think that's good for the playoff chances. All right. This is where I get to be the Debbie Downer because I am giving a B. <laughs> uh, just overall, just just straight up B. Uh, I think, again, like the big thing is that there are still a couple. We only have a four-game sample size. I am worried about when it comes to closing out some of the games that we've seen the Lions just fail to close out. Uh, I think we're brushing off the Cardinals and well, I I'm fine brushing off the Cardinals, I should say, because that's week one and week one is always weird, but because each game is different now, the, the staff has shown you their, their strength is game planning and that's a good strength to have. They have good key components all around through the first four games. We've seen close games with all of them and it's shown that they can just make these games muddy and bloody as possible and I think what we need, I need to see moving forward, and this is kind of going into my uh, teacher's notes here at the end, is something I want to see out of the Lions at some point. I want to see you just truck a team. Maybe two, maybe three. Packers would be a great place to start if you just want to just smear them on the pavement. That'd be fantastic. That would be wonderful. But that's, a, that's an element I have yet to see from this team yet. And I'm not saying good teams need to go out and dominate week in and week out, but I think it would go away to uh, cementing some more confidence in this team right now. We've, we've seen them play close games. 
and they need to improve the run to finish out some games. I think late game, they don't look as hot, which is why I want to see them start putting up leads and also not completely losing those leads like they did in the Cardinals game. And that's something I want to see out of this team. And it's it's on my it's on my teacher's note. B, a lot of room for improvement. See me after class one time here. Let's get you set up for some private tutoring. Uh, that is, and <laughs> private tutoring. Jeez. I've been watching too many dumb movies lately. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I think it can go higher. It, it was on the verge of B plus. Uh, anyone else got teacher's notes here? I Anything do. else you want to? Yes, Jeremy. Yeah. Let's get to it. My teacher's note is is to the offense, and I want to make sure that this offense can perform against good defenses because we've talked about it all offseason. This division is filled with really good defenses. The Vikings' defense is still really good. The Packers we're kind of still not sure on, but they're trending in the right direction. Um, and the Bears' defense is obviously really good. The Lions have not play, faced a good defense yet this year. I think by DVOA standards, they haven't faced a defense ranked above 20th. So while we're all excited about Daryl Bevel and Matthew Stafford and all that, can they finally crack the code of the Vikings' defense? Can they pass protect against a team like the Bears? Can they run the ball against any of those teams? I'm not sure yet, and so that's why I'm. That's honestly the main reason why I'm holding back my optimistic for this optimism for this team is because we're riding an offensive high right now. Can they do it when they're they're put up against the wall against a really good defense? And I just don't know the answer to that question yet. Yeah, I, I think the other thing I would add to this is I don't want to see more of I don't want to see any more of these. You got your one lions. I don't want to see any more of these like, oh, you know, it was a close loss, but there's a lot of good to take from it. No, 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 no. There's only wins and losses in the NFL now. Uh, I don't want to hear anything more about that. And moving forward with as tight as this division is probably going to be, unless just the Bears and or the Vikings fall completely off the table, which looks doubtful for both teams. I need to see I need to see games closed up. And that's exactly, I think, where you're leading there, Jeremy. We just need to see the deal sealed. I mean, if we're being honest, the Lions can probably only afford to lose four more games if they want to make the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely no more moral victory feelings. I think. Yeah, I mean, like they've got they've got to at least be a double digit win team to right. make the playoffs. I think with this playoff feat, with the field as as the NFL is looking right now, with the way the top teams at the gate are looking, uh, I think they can get a wild card. I also think that this division is just going to make hell for them. So like you you've got you've got twelve games to go. You pick where you want those losses to fall. Would be great not to see any, but you know. John, any teacher notes before we get out of here? My notes can be much happier. It's just that okay. the Lions are finally fun. <laughs> Last season was one of the most boring seasons I've watched. And I'm enjoying the, watching the football games, so that makes me happy, even when they lose. That Chiefs game, a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, for everyone. We'll see you back on Sunday, well, Monday morning, for the main Pride of Detroit POD cast. We're going to do some fun stuff on that one, I think, Jeremy. That one's going to be a lot more lighthearted. Uh, this one was really chunky, but I feel like next one, we haven't done list cast in a while. This is the first bite quarterly review. See you star side.
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.